Hey, good morning, people. Today, Donald Trump, David Foster Wallace, and the end of irony, or the end of postmodernism. I'm not sure which, but it's the end. <laughs> not like you think, though. Good morning, lovely people of the planet. This is Jeff O. This is the Morning Ride Pedal Powered Podcast. I'm just a dude on a bike cruising in the office, thinking about how, uh, how I might evolve as a filmmaker, as a poet, and as a human being. I'm trying to evolve, folks. So, you have your coffee? I just stopped push and pour. Someone asked if they sponsored the podcast. <laughs> they do not. Not literally, but when I stop and get coffee, oh, I get excited because it's such great coffee there. They're Ethiopian. Best. But it's the best. So we're going to get right into it since we're already on the way today. Thank you so much for joining me on the ride. So I watched this video called David Foster Wallace, The Problem with Irony by Will Schoeder. S-C-H-O-D-E-R. And it's a wall ride. All right. Kind of a little wall ride. We're on the Little Red Bastard today, though, so of course he found the line. He always finds a line. It's so weird. My mountain bike hit the line every other time. Little Red Bastard, I hit the line on the wall almost every time. I don't think the city had any idea how much joy they were going to provide bicyclists by having that concrete angled wall under the bridge there right off the trail. It's so great. Just hit the wall and everything's fine. So today, this is not a political thing. This is a rhetorical commentary. Commentary questions. It's commentary questions about irony. So I'm not talking about Donald Trump politically, although if you read between the lines, I'm sure it will come out. I don't know how this is going to come out since it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so in this video uh, essay that Will Schoeder does, S-C-H-O-D-E-R, go look it up. It's called The Problem with Irony. David Foster Wallace, The Problem with Irony. And he is getting at what David Foster Wallace gets at in a lot of his writing, uh, either his critical writing and, uh, honestly, in his fiction, because he uses a lot of the postmodernist rhetoric of cynicism, of irreverence, um, irony, uh, relative moralism. Uh, these are all kind of components of what happened with postmodernist thought. And for David Foster Wallace, he was, he's particularly interested in how these have manifested in television and has this had an, a corrosive effect on our culture. That means the culture of people who sit around watching television and we call that the United States. Um, one of the things that David Foster Wallace talks about is that the ironic rhetoric, using irony toward a purpose... Um, and he talks about, uh, for irony, um, and this is going to be a quote from David Foster Wallace, for irony, exploiting gaps between what's said and what's meant, between how things try to appear and how they really are, is the time-honored way artists seek to illuminate and explode hypocrisy. Right? So we've seen this... Um, all along with the satire, even even the early satire of uh, 
Oh, for crying out loud. Samuel Clemens uses ironic gestures or ironic uh, rhetoric to talk about things in a sideways manner. The South still does this. It's just part of the way we think in the South <laughs> growing up, which is, I think is really cool. It's being able to say two things at least at a time. I think it's why I can handle opera so easily. Grow up in the South, it makes it a lot easier because everything's going on multiple communicative levels at once. But then David Foster goes on to say, but irony is singularly unuseful when it comes to constructing anything to replace the hypocrisies it debunks. Irony is unuseful at coming up with its own replacement for the thing that it's like making fun of. So it's, in other words, easy to make fun of something, but just because you've illuminated the the hypocrisy in the thing or the lack of essence or essentialism in a thing, that doesn't mean that you have done anything to replace it. In other words, you have not improved the situation. You have just shown a light on a thing. Now, some could argue, and I believe that this is true as well, is that sometimes you've got to just shine the light, right? But we also know that just by shining a light doesn't mean that you've got a thing. Where does the light source come from? What sustains the light source, right? You cannot describe a thing by what it is not. Via negativa, I think is what the cool kids say. So I saw this video essay, I guess last week, and I've been thinking about it. Um, For some reason, I've been paying attention to the news a little bit more. I've been on Twitter a little bit more and uh, following Mr. Trump a little bit. And it's really fascinating how he really embodies um, this postmodernist ironic stance so frequently. And, you know, it's hard to know how intentional he is using that. But I'm wondering, you know, is this signaling the breakdown where the irony ends up illuminating itself as a thing that it's not, right? I mean, at some point, this way of thinking that everything is pessimistic, that we can be cynical about everything, has to end because nothing gets replaced in this equation. So what I'm wondering is what is the next thing? And uh, what I've noticed in some of the a lot of the indie films that I've been seeing recently is a, uh, a real push toward uh, sincerity and toward believing in the mystic, something mystic, uh, something very poetic, I guess. And I'm really enjoying that. Um, it's less of an understanding and more of a feeling kind of thing. So I'm just curious, what do you guys think about all of this? And I know that I've given it here very quickly. I've been digesting this for about a week. Well, I've been digesting it for many years because I've been reading these things from David Foster Wallace for years, of course, but putting it together with this uh, video essay where he really brings it into like how in the old days we had shows like The Partridge Family, which was the, about a family, or even um, the, the Brady Bunch, and how these were strictly stories of families and the interactions in the families and kind of models for you know these are characters in a sense hey good morning on your left 
and that um, there was kind of a particular way that we could go about being. Now, this was a very male-dominated, uh, very white-centric America view that we were presented with. And so I think that was part of the problem of the breakdown was it was not representative of the world as it really is. So, and it wasn't being ironic. It was not an ironic gesture that that happened. It was just the way that the people were doing it at the time. And I'm curious, what is the next thing? Because I think, I think with Trump's presidency that we, many of us, uh, across political spectrums, I think that we just want to see something that seems sincere. And that's one thing that um, concerns me about Mr. Trump is that I, I, can't, I don't detect sincerity in anything that he says. Um, and I think it's because he's maybe ultimately a very sad fellow. I really feel sorry for him. He's got a tough job and nobody likes him. And, you know, it's, it's got to be rough to be almost universally disliked. But, you know, how much of that can he help? How much of it can he not help? I don't know. That's up to him. Point is, <clears throat> what do you think? Do you think that we are at a time and place that we're done with um, a particular kind of postmodernist thought? <clears throat> Excuse me, that cynicism and irreverence do not mean as much today as like they did in the 80s when we were growing up, you know, as, as postmodernism was becoming more and more articulated in the 80s, and then we were starting to leverage its, uh, <laughs> the effects of it as we um, got into the 80s and 90s. You think of a show like uh, Seinfeld and how irreverent and cynical it is. And it was really fresh back then because everything before that was too saccharine. You know, it was like, you know, the Cosby show. We're going to wrap everything up in half an hour and all the problems will be solved. Or, you know, 26 and a half minutes, whatever the television time actually is. It's probably more like 18 minutes now, right? 18 minutes of uh, commercials and 18 minutes of content. Anyway, it's a fascinating video essay. I encourage you to go out and watch it. I will put a link to it out on my website in the description. And uh, I'd love to know your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter at, at J-E-F-F-O-F-F-E-J. That's Jeffo forwards and backwards. <laughs> Split on the O, round in the middle. We're definitely round in the middle these days. Um, but yeah, J-E-F-F-O-F-F-E-J on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. What are your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear it. Or you can email me at jefferyoliver.com. Or you can just leave comments there on the website or in iTunes. Um, so what's your ride like today? This is what my ride's like today. I am uh, enjoying the thinking about it. And uh, last night I got to talk with um, a filmmaker here in town, uh, Matthew Wade. Uh, he has a couple of short films out, several short films out, and uh, he's working on these. He's finishing up a feature film right now called um, A Black Rift Begins to Yawn. Ah, best title ever. Um, anyway, I was having, um, you know, you know, <laughs> you know me, I've been having struggles with this uh, script and uh, for the Poco a Poco project. 
and uh, he agreed to meet me downtown and so we had drinks and he was telling me about his approach. He has a highly visual approach to film um, and a, a really unique voice, I think, and something really substantive, I think, that is emerging uh, with him. And I'm really excited to see his next film. He's got one out on Vimeo On Demand called How the Sky Will Melt. Um, it is, it's a weird little uh, sci-fi tone poem kind of thing. Uh, I, er I encourage you to go out and watch that if you're into abstraction and, um, you know, if the story doesn't have to be laid out clearly for you, go check that one out. It's called How the Sky Will Melt. And let me know what you think about that, too, because it's a, I think it's a cool film. Um, the thing that I love about indie films is that there's, there's always some sort of urgency or sincerity in them that I can find. And so when you notice that, like, production values or that, uh, you, well, I didn't understand the story there, or it jumped too, too weird for me... Um, it doesn't really matter, you know, because it's like it's got this sense of urgency and uh, agency of its own. So I'm very, uh, I'm excited to tell you about that one. Anyway, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate your time last night, man. And uh, it was super helpful uh, just to hear your experience and how you approach visual filmmaking and tone poems, because that's exactly what I'm kind of trying to do here. Well, folks... If you enjoy riding a bicycle, if you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle. Um, what is your bicycle? What is your ride? Let me know what your ride is. I'd love to ride with you sometime. I appreciate you letting me ride with you this morning. And uh, enjoy the ride because it's the only one we got. <laughs> I'm saying that sincerely. <laughs> no, no irony, no ironic effect there at all. Enjoy the ride. It is the only one we've got.